Hello and welcome to My VA Dayton Podcast, coming to you from the Dayton VA Medical Center in Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk to veterans in the Central Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA. I'm Scott Leach, your host with Greg Tucker, and we are from the Dayton VA Public Affairs Office and so excited to be here today. This is our new podcast. This is only the second time we're doing this, and we're still learning a little bit how all this works, but we're very excited to have with us today a veteran from the Dayton area, Arthur Williams. Welcome. Welcome, Arthur. So glad to have you here today. Good morning, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Fantastic. You know, uh, Arthur is uh, is truly a dedicated employee to the Dayton VA. He sits in the solarium of the main uh, entrance to the medical center, helps veterans, visitors, everyone who's coming into the uh, center there. He's really one of the first faces that everyone sees as they come in, and he is a welcoming force and helps everybody, help, helps them find their way, helps them uh, find out what their appointment is and where it's at, and actually sometimes actually physically ferries folks uh, to, to locations to help them get to their medical appointments and, and have their needs taken care of. But lately, lately, Arthur looks like he is living in Alaska or some point north. He uh, he is dressed for the great white north. <laughs> so tell us about that, Arthur. What What's going on with the attire? I see you in Carhartts today. Absolutely. I think the VA forgot to pay their heating bills. <laughs> the uh, front lobby of the VA Medical Center has rotisserie style doors. They have two side doors that open for wheelchair veterans and non-ambulatory veterans as well. And, and it's been letting the cold winter air slide through there Boy, in that I big t- room. Yeah, I'll tell you, the, the heating, all well, of the heat gets blown right down the that's court. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's how dedicated Arthur and his pal Ernest are. They sit out front there and they battle the elements, even though they're inside, they're battling the elements to help everyone uh, get to where they're going. Before we get to know a little bit more about you, this is, this is something we do with all our guests now. Uh, we put you to the test. <laughs> That's right. It's time to play Don't Tell Me, I Think I Know That. (laughs) The game where we put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. A game where listeners can play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutiae. Are you ready to take the challenge, Art? I I do. All right. Super. (laughs) Now, these questions were hand-selected especially for you being a Navy veteran. That's something we haven't talked about yet, but we'll be here. And uh, our cohort here too. Greg is actually a Navy veteran. So let's see how well you are and all your Navy veteran listeners do. Uh, Your first question, many people consider the turtle to be the first American submarine. It saw action in what war? Uh, Would it be the war between the states, the Star Wars, the Revolutionary War, or the war between the Hatfields and McCoys? The Revolutionary War. Excellent. He's got that one right. Uh, yes. That, it's, that's right. It was the Revolutionary War. Uh, the turtle was actually invented by the American patriot David Bushnell. It was a very small craft, about eight feet long, six feet high, and three feet wide. It could only hold one man and was propelled through the water by a hand crank. That's right. You know, I don't know if you know this art, but we're actually on radio. So moving oh, your hands in a hand crank, uh, this, this is this is this is sound. We don't we don't have the sound guy. So if you want to be the sound guy, you gotta gotta make a sound, not a hand motion there. But swish, good. Swish, swish, there swish, you go. Swish. 
<laughs> so yes, he used a hand crank, and it was uh, screw propelled. Actually, had a screw propeller. The first ship to do so. Uh, it uh, submerged by allowing seawater into a bilge tank and surfaced by pumping the water out uh, using a hand pump. It also carried 200 pounds of lead, which could be released for emergency surfacing, and it could stay submerged for 30 minutes and had a top speed of three knots. Now, I got two Navy guys here. I, you know, I'm an Air Force guy. I think a knot is something you tie your tie into. <laughs> what is a knot? A knot is approximately uh, one mile an hour. The average walking speed is seven miles an hour, and a guy paddling with his hands in water, right, which is a resistant force, um, reduces that ability to move forward quickly. Oh, I think we should have come up with some tougher trivia questions <laughs> than what we've got here. This guy knows his stuff. Absolutely. All right. So, hey, here's your next question. The famous quote damn the torpedoes, and full speed ahead, is attributed to which famous admiral? Would that be William Bull Halsley, David Farragut, David Hasselhoff, or Nimble Ned Nimitz? Oh, we've got him stumped. Who's number one? Halsey. Halsley. Or David? William the or, Bull Halsley. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Uh, no, that's not the right answer. It was David Farragut. All the highest ranks in the Navy, Rear Admiral, Vice Admiral, and Admiral of the Navy were credited for just one man, or created for just one man, the inimitable David Gasgow Farragut. Well, that wasn't on the ASVAB test. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that should have been. That really should have been one of those questions. Okay, here's your final question. Uh, what does it tell about a sailor in a dress blue uniform with a gold rating badge and a gold and gold service stripes? Uh, would uh, that sailor uh, have completed 12 consecutive years or that the sailor is assigned to duty at an embassy or that the sailor wanted to dress up his uniform or that the sailor has served on sea duty? What, what, what is it, uh, what indicates uh, to, uh, for a sailor to wear uh, gold rating badge and gold service stripes. That would be his his rating when he works in an embassy to show his um, his uh, his ranking after having uh, twelve years of service. No, no, no. When a sailor completes 12 years of active duty and has no conduct infractions, he or she is entitled to wear a gold rating badge and gold service stripes on his or her blue uniform. How long were you in? Four years. Four years in active okay. reserve. Well, you didn't get that 12-year rating. I okay, did. well then, okay, right. we'll give Mine you a pass on white. that one. Mine was still white when I got out, and petty officer stripes were red. So I was like, you stopped me on okay, that. Okay, okay. Well, we did give him, uh, we, we, we're going to give him a pass on this. Uh, he did pretty good, even though he didn't get all three One out right. Of three. Uh, we're we're going to give him credit for it. So, Greg, what did he win? Well, Arthur, for participating in this contest, you have won the official VA chip clip. This is the industrial chip clip. We give this to you, sir, with honor and distinction. And we also have a disclaimer. Do not put your finger in there because it will take your finger off. Thank you for playing this game. 
Thank you, America. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll hear more from our guest, Arthur Williams. So, it's the post-holiday season. Winter is now set in, and many of us find that we have gained a few extra pounds from all the holiday feasting, with little opportunity to get outside and work it off. Have you made that New Year's resolution? You know which one I'm talking about. The one many of us have made knowing there's no way we are going to keep it, primarily because there's no one to turn to that can help. Well, who can you turn to? The Dayton VA Medical Center, that's who. They offer easy-to-follow weight management plans backed by the latest science. Their experts can help you reduce health risks, prevent or reverse some diseases, and live a better and even longer life. MOVE is a weight management program designed to help you live a longer, healthier life. With the help from our MOVE care team, you can eat a healthier diet, get more exercise, reduce your health risks, and improve your quality of life. The MOVE program offers weight loss support groups to help you lose weight and keep it off, healthy eating tips and cooking classes, behavioral change strategies to help you live a healthier lifestyle. Do you think you can't do it? Do you think it can't be done? Are you someone who must see the evidence? Then check out the stories from others who have been part of the MOVE program. Learn how MOVE helped them by visiting www.move.va.gov move slash success stories. Some success stories are simply amazing. All are motivating and testament to the strength of your fellow veterans. The program is available at Dayton VA Medical Center campus or virtually through their app. Check it out at www.dayton.va.gov or call 937-268-6511 and ask to speak to a MOVE program coordinator today. And we're back with our guest, Arthur Williams, who works with the Dayton VA Medical Center. He is an information reception specialist. I, I guess that's what your title is, correct? Yes, sir and uh, works at the Dayton VA. He is definitely the first face uh, that people see when they uh, come into the Dayton VA Medical Center and is a tremendous help. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about the experience of working at the Dayton VA. Well, Greg and Scott, first of all, being an honorably discharged veteran is one of the greatest accomplishments in my life. And to have an opportunity to work at a federal installation that serves veterans of all wars, of all branches, that I get to have an up, up close and personal relationship with is an honor. It is the um, highest badge of honor that I could receive because I get, I get the opportunity to assist non-ambulatory veterans to their appointments to ensure that all veterans get to the proper locations as the VA tends to move uh, treatment facilities around within the campus. And so what used to be a frequent spot for a veteran is has been relocated, and so that's where my job comes in to uh, better assist them so that they don't have wasted time and frustrations going to an old location that they were used to when the area has been relocated. Right. Yeah. And tell us what some of those challenges are working there up at the front desk. Well, our challenges really began um, over the past two years as the uh, pandemic uh, took effect. Through the pandemic, have experienced and people who 
um, have really been angry, uh, not wanting to wear face masks. Um, I was tasked with screening all veterans and spouses coming into the VA Medical Center. There were instances where people didn't want their temperature taken. I'm sure that's the minority, though, but I'm sure that you get those. those I'll tell you, 60-40 for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And um, our question um, to our veteran brothers and sisters that came in with those uh, controversial ideas. When you went to boot camp, you were inoculated with 15 or 20 different medications that, right. I, and if you were ever a veteran that left the United States, you had to take various medications to protect you from the water, from the food and the various countries that we travel to. And now with the onset of a pandemic, right, you have people raising the controversy of uh, not wanting to be vaccinated and to see someone being intubated, grasping for breath. I mean, if you've ever tried to hold your breath and go beyond that point. That's the amazing part to me that the people that um, are reluctant uh, to become vaccinated, uh, who don't uh, know the statistics, who don't understand the repercussions if they do get get COVID itself, that you know what can happen to them. I was one of the first as a, as a black man at the VA Medical Center. I agreed to um, have my face plastered throughout the facility and on posters, being willing to be uh, the first brother in the line to uh, get vaccinated. I did that as a uh, catalyst for other minorities and and p- veterans as a whole to take the shot, right? Because I'm old and I, I don't want to die from this. We, we thank you for that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. If you are a veteran who is homeless or at risk of becoming homeless due to financial hardship, unemployment, addiction, depression, or a transition from the criminal justice system, the Dayton VA Healthcare Center can contact one of our social workers at 937-268-6511. And welcome back. We're here with Arthur Williams, who is with the Dayton VA, and he is a information reception specialist uh, there at the Dayton VA. Uh, Tell us about some of the rewarding experiences you've had uh, helping those veterans as they enter the facility. Man, I'll tell you what. I have had some of the most rewarding relationships with brothers that we, we have a series of veterans from our Korean War veterans who were in their 90s forward to the Persian Gulf veterans such as myself and hearing the exciting stories of old guys coming in and sharing their relationships with people and meeting at the Dayton VA Medical Center as a hub where veterans who haven't seen their friends in years bump into each other. One of the guys that um, myself was when I was 18 and at the naval base in Newport, Rhode Island, met a guy from Dayton, Ohio, Skip Dixon. And Skip Dixon and I, I'm from Cincinnati, and he from Dayton, came fast friends. And after our deployments and our ships were were separated. I came to Dayton and I met this brother and that was the most glorious reception that I have had in a long time because you build relationships with veterans. We have a camaraderie with each other that surpasses everyday friendships. 
it's the greatest experience that you can have knowing that this is a guy that's traveled around the earth yeah. with you, yeah. right? And now you've met at the VA Medical Center. It's just a, a and, glorious and, experience. And I see that. All yeah. the time with you being, I yeah. you know, I'm out there at the front desk every right. once in a while, and I see he knows everybody, and right. everybody <laughs> knows him, and he's got yeah. a relationship with, I would say, probably 80, 90 percent of the people that walk through that Absolutely. door. Absolutely, it's, it's quite a number of people come back, and they really remember you, and they yes. mention you. Well, that's great that you're giving that face of the VA, and you're making that connection. I have a question for you though, Arthur. How did you become exposed to the VA in 1990? I moved to Dayton, Ohio from Cincinnati. I was a corrections officer at Lebanon Correctional Institution. Unfortunately, my body was deteriorating. That was uh, an opportunity for me to use my veteran experience to come and have evaluations done. And at that time, the VA experience was very new to me. And um, upon coming into the medical center, I was greeted with love. I was greeted with mad love. I was given MRIs and CAT scans and all of the medical treatment that would cost a fortune to non-veterans um, was afforded to me as an honorably discharged veteran. My wife was invited to hold my hand while I was going through various treatments. It was at that time that I made a decision that I wanted to be a part of the veteran experience as an employee. That's how I began there 18 years ago. But how did you become a veteran to begin with? Now, you said you were uh, down in the Cincinnati area. You're working law enforcement. Yeah. You went to the Navy, correct? Yeah, correct. I had three children, three daughters. In 1977, the economy wasn't all of that great, especially for a young kid. All of my siblings went to college. I didn't go. I was, you know, a wayward kid. I wanted to play sports and to run around with the other guys on the streets. And so money started getting short with children needing pampers and food. I hadn't done anything that was going to afford me the opportunity to lead my children in an upright fashion. And so I made the decision to go to the federal building and list. I had several guys that I had graduated from high school with that had went into the Air Force. I thought, man, that's gonna, that's what I'm going to do, right? After taking a, a year and a half hiatus. And yet you ended up in the Navy. <laughs> they told me, they said, uh, I went and I took the ASFAB test, right? This guy says, ah, you're not smart enough to be in the Air Force. Oh, I don't know how that happened. I'm walking out of the place. They broke me with that one, right? Because I know <laughs> I'm a smart kid, right? And so and so I'm, I'm walking down the hallway, and this guy is standing at the door, right, with a Cracker Jack outfit on. And he's like, hey, young man, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh, they told me I ain't smart enough to be in the Air Force. <laughs> See, I thought I thought you were gonna say that it wasn't just a job; it was an adventure that you were looking for. That's right. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I wanted to fly with the eagles and soar with the spacecrafts, right? And so this guy says, hey, "Let me see that paperwork, son." Right? <laughs> Takes a look at it. Said, "Come in my office here." He said, "You, you know what, man? That guy doesn't know what he's talking about. What do you want to do? You can go anywhere in the world." Come on in. And I did. I followed him into that office. And you um, became a sonar tech. A, a sonar technician for the United States Navy. And it afforded me two trips around the planet Earth. 
Fantastic. And somewhere along the way, you actually became a Bronze Star recipient. Tell us about that. I did. As everybody knows, in the early 80s, 79, 80s, the oil wells started getting burned up and the United States went to rescue their investments in oil. Uh, My job was to learn the passive operations sonar activity whereby I was educated in listening to oceanographic sounds and oceanographic activities. And in that process, because the oceans in the Indian Ocean are all sand that blows in from the desert, and so sand will not allow a sound transmission to return. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, sand, sand being porous and gravel will absorb sound. So in an active sonar set that sends out a ping, the ping goes and returns to give you a contact, whether it be a fish, which would be a dull return, or a metal object, which would be a a harder, uh, a higher pitched frequency. But with sand, it absorbs it. And then you have what's called a thermal layer, whereby the sun warms up a certain footage of ocean, and then the ocean war- cools the, the ocean. And so the thermal layer is that layer where the warm meets the cold. And submarines love that area because sound transmissions will curve off of the warm, and so they can travel safely in that area. So we're in the end. Indian Ocean, it's 105 degrees at midnight. My four-hour watch on an active passive sonar set afforded me the opportunity to sweep in five-degree increments, and I noticed a bleat and a slight swish. Clavitation is the sound that propellers make, um, those little bubbles that you see in bathtub water or dish water. And so I put a wax dot on that uh, oscilloscope four hours later, the first class petty officer came in. I, at the time, I was an E3. I was still wet behind the ears, milk on my breath, a rookie, a seaman, right, you know. And so I told this guy that I had a contact alpha. I gave him a range. I gave him a bearing. He said, move out the way, Williams. <laughs> so so as, as the evening progressed, right, um, the image that I had waxed out it was moving very slow. We talked about in the trivia questions, nautical miles. This object was moving very slow, and it stayed consistent. He then had to report to the chief, who then came in and moved him out the way. And then he had to report to the executive officer. And before you knew it, sonar office, which is a room pretty much 12 by 12, air-conditioned, with all of the electronics, has to be really cool. There were like six officers, four enlisted men, and they were all hovered around this. All saying, get out of the way, Williams. (laughs) By this time, I'm in the back of the room. (laughs) I'm just like, how do you like your coffee, sir? (laughs) Would you like a little milk and sugar with that? Right, so I'm seeing all of these brass guys and chiefs and stuff. After that event, um, it was verified and proven that 
I did have a true contact alpha. Its range and bearing were correct. They, um, we were doing operations with the USS America, the uh, aircraft carrier. Uh, it's a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier. And they, in turn, sent up uh, a helicopter that dropped two sonar buoys uh, forward and aft of my contact alpha and relayed to them that they were pretty much busted and if they wished to be engaged, we could engage them. And this was all done a language that was not English. So uh, these guys, they, they had classified submarine as being a Russian submarine because they were supplying a lot of equipment to the Saudis uh, because, you know, Russia was running out of money. And so they had arms that they were selling via hollowed out torpedoes. The captain then invited me to the bridge where I got to sit in his chair and then he gave me control of the bridge and I got to give orders on the bridge. Ship secretary then informed me that I would be I was being recommended for a bronze star, which is the fourth highest award in the military right. branches. And so Well you just kind of relayed a story that was kind of like your very own version of Destination Tokyo. It was where it really happens in the in the military to involved in, in some Something of that consequence. Amazing story. Thank you very much for relaying that to us. We, uh, we, you know, we really uh, love to hear information like that, uh, but we'd also like to hear a little bit about why it is uh, you use the Dayton VA Medical Center. The Dayton VA Medical Center is a wonderful facility. It's located at 4100 West 3rd Street. It is a huge campus, the uh, National Cemetery, a place that my eternal resting place will be. It's a beautiful campus campus. It has a grotto. It has walking facilities. It has stair-step challenges. The people that work there are fantastic. I've never worked with a greater bunch of people from our director who accepts information relayed to him from a low-level employee. The whole chain of command throughout the VA facility is one of cooperation with everyone. Everyone's input is welcome, not just the upper echelon of management, but the input from the lowest-level employee. Absolutely. To, you know, we, we had a town hall meeting last night at Teletown Hall uh, that we call out to the veterans uh, who we serve and give them the opportunity to talk to the senior leadership of the, or of the med center to include the medical center director. And, and it's true. You're absolutely right, Arthur. It's not just that they listen to the veterans that they serve, uh, but they listen to the employees uh, from the, absolutely. as you said, from the lowest level, because that sometime uh, where, where that rubber meets the road is where the greatest ideas come from. Yes, sir. And they want in every way possible to serve the veterans uh, the best way they can. And they're, and they're willing and ready to take advice from, from anyone who's got good inputs. And that, that's true. And um, not only do they just do the listening part of it, you can actually see your suggestions being put into action. And that goes down to even the list, easy, easy listening music that's piped in throughout the facility. Um, the director came and asked, well, what do people like to hear? Right? You know, I, I mean, I've worked in some companies and with some upper management people that, you know, it was their way or the highway. But it's not like that at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I, I see veterans every day 
that love their doctors. We have a My Healthy Vet program where I can set appointments, I can cancel appointments, order my medications. Um, Everything is made very easy for veterans at the VA Medical Center. We even have valet parking where if you're non-ambulatory or just don't want to park your vehicle, you can pull up and we park your car absolutely free, right? You know, that doesn't happen in the world today because everybody wants to make a buck. But at the VA Medical Center, we do that for our veterans. And that's an honor and a privilege that a lot of people don't get to have. Absolutely. If I can ask you a question, Arthur, and that is, if you can go back in time and tell a young veteran, Arthur Williams, what would you tell him? Well, I have a young veteran, a non-veteran male who's my grandson. Son, you have to do something in your life. And um, if you don't do anything else, give the military a shot because the military experience not only affords you the opportunity to become a member of an outstanding group, men and women, but it gives you an opportunity to grow in a way that will never, ever decrease. And so my grandson did. He joined the Marine Corps. I was like, son, so I have one of each. My daughter is a, a Army soldier. My grandson, a Marine. My father was an Army soldier. And me, myself, I rode the waves as a sailor. Next generation, Air Force. <laughs> I hope, I hope we, we don't have one of those yet. <laughs> well, I think the Air Force missed out on having a great recruit such as yourself. I think that recruiter really missed the mark on that one. But the Navy got uh, reward. Well, real quick, I did. I did get a chance to work for the United States Air Force as entry control when our airmen were deployed to UAE. Um, I was afforded the opportunity to work as entry control person at gates 12A, area B, and. Area C at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. There, I got a chance to be coined by colonels and generals um, because of my service to veterans and because of my my personality. And so that was a warm experience, and they got to see firsthand what they missed out on. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, we thank you very much for your service, and we thank you very much for your time today. And what a great story uh, that you relayed. And uh, again, thank you. Thank Thank you you for inviting me, guys. This has been a wonderful experience for me. And thank you for your continued service. Absolutely. And that's going to wrap up this session of My VA Dayton. Thank you for listening. We want to hear from you. Love to hear your story. So if you are a vet or you know of a vet uh, with an interesting story to share, email us at myvadayton at va.gov. So until next time, I'm Scott Lease. I'm Greg Tucker. This is My VA Dayton.